8. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 10.15 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. 48 minutes past the hour. So here is the um, latest regarding the former National Security Advisor, the distinguished General Michael Flynn. Somebody said to me, where does he go to get his good name back? I say he. Ne- I say to that every time it's posed to me, he never lost it. Scumbags behaved like criminals, like gangsters. General Flynn didn't lose his good name. Why do you think this is so important that he be vindicated at the judicial level and not through a pardon? Because a presidential pardon would do the job, but it would be left as though it was political and President Trump, uh, it, it, they always call him like an interloper. He, he, he involved himself. He interfered with, with a uh, decision and all of this. So the best way that this can be handled, and that's why this Judge Sullivan did what he did. He didn't want to give General Flynn... Because I'm sure that this, you just you just look at his activism, I'm sure this guy is as Democrat uh, or socialist as Barack Obama. Former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn filed a petition with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Now keep in mind, it's a very liberal court. You don't know what you're going to get. He's asking that they... End the criminal case against him. Definitively dismiss is the words that they used, as is the direct request of the Department of Justice. Now, think about this. All these people so far that are getting involved, like Judge uh, Sullivan, instead of just signing the dismissal, oh, I want to ask for briefs, friends of the court briefs to be sent in. I've been told people tried to send in friend of the court briefs that were supportive. They're not being accepted. You can only trash Flynn and get involved. The filing is by Sidney Powell, and she stated, quote, Petitioner respectfully requests that this court order the district court immediately to, one, grant the Justice Department's motion to dismiss, two, vacate its order appointing amicus curiae and that's that uh, outside dude and three reassign the case to another district judge as to any further proceedings judge Emmett Sullivan is presiding over the case as you know he appears to be opposing the DOJ dismissal because he didn't sign it I guess he could say I'm just reviewing things and later sign it but I think it's fair to say that he opposes it at this time and he's appointed retired federal judge John Gleason. And I, I just urge you, check out that guy. Look him up to weigh possible contempt and perjury charges. Quote, and this is what we've been, we've been telling you all along. Neither the federal rules of criminal procedure nor the district court's local rules authorize amicus or what some call amicus participation in criminal cases. Powell wrote in yesterday's filing, quote, prior to the issuance of its extraordinary May 12, 2020 order, 
the district judge adhered scrupulously to the district court's rules, denying some two dozen attempts by third parties to intervene or file amicus briefs in this very case. He didn't let them do it then. Why does he let them do it now? Powell citing legal precedent supporting the appeal and acknowledged exculpatory evidence that justified the withdrawing of Flynn's guilty plea on one count of lying to a federal agent on the matter related to a Trump transition contact with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Quote, now additional facts have established he was not interviewed for a legitimate purpose and therefore any statements he made were not, quote, material under 18 U.S.C. 1001. The government justly believes that he is not guilty of any crime, end quote, Powell wrote. Handwritten notes declassified by the DOJ revealed alleged actions by FBI agents to either get General Flynn to admit violating the Logan Act. Let me let me remind you about that. The Logan Act is of 1799. It is an outdated law. No one's ever been charged under it in the entire history of the country. Now you tell me that that's not proof that they were just looking for a way to charge General Flynn. I repeat, handwritten notes declassified by the DOJ revealed alleged actions by the FBI agents to get General Flynn to admit violating the Logan Act, pin him down for, quote, a lie, or get him fired as Trump's first national security advisor early in January 17 before Trump, uh, Trump's inauguration. Now, remember, if you were here for my opening comments, there's something about Flynn and what he knows and his time with Obama that Obama has either a significant problem with Flynn and he just wanted to stick it to him, just doesn't like him, or Flynn's got something. Because again, Obama told Trump two things. Your two biggest problems, North Korea and General Flynn. That just, whether it's Will Robinson, Dr. Smith, the robot, Judy, Penny, Will, uh, uh, Maureen, Dr. John Robinson, Major Don West, I think I got the whole cast. Did I say Dr. Smith? That's the whole cast then. It does not compute. It just doesn't. The Logan Act of 1799 is an outdated law. Legal expert Alan Dershowitz said it's never been used in a criminal prosecution. It was intended to keep American citizens from acting on behalf of the United States government overseas in the era before telephones. Flynn was acting on behalf of the incoming National Security Advisor during the Trump transition. Quote, General Flynn could swear truthfully that he committed the acts constituting the crime with which he was charged. After all, he had no duty to tell the FBI line agents about missions he undertook in his capacity as security advisor to the president-elect. But he had to accept on faith that the questions were material 
to a legitimate criminal investigation, even though that was not made clear to him at the time, Powell argued in her appeal. Quote, in truth, they were not, because the government failed to disclose this information to the defense. General Flynn had no way of knowing that it was false. Powell is also appealing to have Judge Sullivan taken off General Flynn's case. Quote, if the court grants the principal relief petitioner seeks, there may not be much by way of further proceedings in the case, but there could be, Powell wrote. Quote, petitioner, the government, and the appearance of justice will best be served by having another judge, one who has not implied that Flynn is a traitor, conduct any further proceedings in the case, quote, end quote. Also, she added, Judge Sullivan is exceeding his judicial authority by assigning a court advocate in Judge Gleason, quote, the district judge's latest actions, failing to grant the government's motion to dismiss, appointing a biased and highly political amicus who was expressed, who has expressed hostility and disdain toward the Justice Department's decision to dismiss the prosecution and the promise to set a briefing schedule for widespread amicus participation in further proceedings bespeaks a judge who is not only biased against petitioner but also revels in the notoriety he has created by failing to take the simple step of granting a motion he has no authority to deny oh that's said i'm gonna have to put this in my briefcase this is said better than anything i've ever heard quote this is an umpire you know i love those uh analogies of umpires or referees this is an umpire who has decided to steal public attention from the players and focus it on himself he wants to pitch bat run bases and play shortstop in truth he is way out in left field oh oh sydney powell this goes right into my briefcase i can't throw that away oh my gosh is that good And in the final minute that we have before the end of the hour, and then your calls right when we come back after the break, Senator Lindsey Graham, for three and a half years, so many of us have pleaded, please, go on offense. Aren't you sick? Just like we're talking about with General Flynn. Aren't you sick and tired of being on defense, of the other side accusing you? They punch you in your face. And then they go, oh, my hand hurts. You hurt my hand. No, no, you punched me in the face. No, no, you hurt my hand. My hand got hurt with your face. Lindsey Graham finally has scheduled a vote to subpoena key officials in the Russia investigation. We're talking Comey, Clapper, McCabe, Brennan. Also on the Graham list. Lisa Page, Susan Rice, Rod Rosenstein, Peter Strzok, and 45 others. Thank God. Good stuff. All right, it's Wide Open Forum. Then we have Pastor Tim Chambers, the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township. They want to reopen. The pastor has a plan. You'll hear about it coming up at 8.04. Martin Klein, President, CEO, Seashore Gardens. We're going to talk about 
how they're doing things as compared to what you hear. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. Every state has now lifted coronavirus restrictions. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Connecticut finally reopening things today. Under the four-stage plan, restaurants with outdoor seating, limited retail, and some office workers can resume business. Social distancing and masks will be required for most activities. Fox's David Lee Miller, Delaware, Kentucky, New Jersey, New York, also lifting restrictions today. In Michigan, stay-home orders in this crisis quickly turned into orders to get out. Two dams failed. Edenville and Sanford after heavy rain, about 10,000 people evacuated. How bad could it get? Governor Gretchen Whitmer said late last night. In the next 12 to 15 hours, downtown Midland could be under approximately nine feet of water. Schools in the U.S. remain closed, but some students finally got back to class today in South Korea. Fox's Simon Owen has more live. Dave, hundreds of thousands of high schoolers heading back to class in South Korea. Pupils having their temperatures checked at the entrance and rubbing their hands with sanitizer. Both students and teachers are required to wear masks and plastic shields are placed on desks. Not everyone ended up going back, though. Two students at one school near Seoul tested positive for the coronavirus, prompting authorities to halt classes at 66 schools in the neighborhood. Dave. Simon Michael Flynn's lawyers claim the judge in his case, Emmett Sullivan, is not objective and want him removed. And the court immediately halted his unusual move to allow a friend of the court, a.k.a. a specially appointed judge, to argue against the Justice Department's request to drop the case. Fox's Jillian Turner, the DOJ, is citing FBI tactics to drop the case against the ex-National Security Advisor, but the judge has not accepted that. Wanting to explore a perjury charge, Flynn did plead guilty to lying in the Russia probe in 2017. Missouri put a convicted killer to death last night, the first execution in the U.S. since the corona crisis started, but Walter Barton, in his last words before the lethal injection assisted and again they were killing an innocent man america's listening to fox news dell technologies has special business savings right now to help you office everywhere and stay productive save up to 45 percent on desktops laptops and do-it-all servers with intel core processors upgrade to new modern devices with windows 10 and save on essential electronics all with free shipping on everything and special financing with dell business credit call 877 ask dell for a dell technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech that's 877 ask dell or visit dell.com slash small business deals I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. We had some wicked wind across South Jersey yesterday, several gusts over 40 miles an hour. Today will be just breezy, quite a bit calmer, but still mostly cloudy and cool too. High temperature of only 59 degrees, a slight chance of a shower creeping in from the southwest. Some clearing tonight and cool again, low of 45. Tomorrow, sunny clouds and probably dry, high of 61. Then we'll warm up to near 70 degrees on Friday, but it'll come with increasing clouds and some scattered rain arriving late day Friday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow and WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Four minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Let me squeeze this in and then write to your calls. In fact, our first caller, your microphone is on. Just give me, because um, I promise I'm going right to your calls. So you're gonna you're gonna co- co-host this um, this this piece with me here, because I am hoping that I can channel from this microphone into my former boss's very excellent hearing that he has, President Trump. President Trump, my former boss, please be listening. Please be listening. Okay, they're laying a face mask trap for my former boss. If you notice, President Trump has not once been caught wearing a face mask. I wish he would say why he doesn't wear a face mask, but he doesn't. I would just simply say, I'm the President of the United States. I'm the leader of the free world. I'm not going to put myself like John Kerry did with some fishnet on his hat and some uh, Michelin uh, tire white outfit that, that Kerry had on looking like an absolute freak. I'm not wearing it. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to practice distancing, but I'm not going. They, they want to just snap a thousand shots of him wearing a face mask. And I, I promise you they will run that photo. Look, you can take anything. You can take if, if Obama put a face mask on, they would make it a positive. They would make it that he's he's fantastic, he's safe, he's doing the right thing, and all that. Remember, when President Trump was not being tested, they tortured him every day. Why won't you get tested? Why won't you get tested? He said, "Well, I feel fine, and I don't see any need to be tested." Why won't you get tested? Then he got tested. Why do you get tested, and not everybody else can get tested? No matter what he does, if he was wearing a mask. They would say, well, why do you wear a mask? Don't you feel safe in the White House? Don't you feel safe here? Why do you wear a mask? I know we're wearing them, but why do you wear a mask? He doesn't wear a mask. Why don't you wear a mask? So guess what? Don't not wear a mask and then suddenly wear one. you got to go with your plan. Your plan is to project strength. That's the answer. And that's what he does. Now, I don't want him to be reckless. Remember, if Barack Obama took hydroxychloroquine, they would be saying, wow, what a courageous man. It's true, the drug's been approved by the FDA for 70 years, uh, and that he has no heart problems, and there's no underlying reasons that he would be high risk to have any type of cardiac event or anything like that. What What a man, what a man. Trump takes it, oh, end of the world. End of the world. So President Trump will be visiting a Ford factory in Michigan. I'd have to believe President Trump has to be very popular in Michigan. This uh, Governor Whitman or Whit- Whitmer is um, auditioning to be vice president. And, oh, my gosh, she is like a cartoon character. She's done a horrible job. And she's doing everything she's doing. 
she is she is hurting her own residents for her own ambition. I think she is a disgrace, a public disgrace and an embarrassment. And keep it up, Whitmer, because you're going to give President Trump the state of Michigan uh, because you stink. And if I'm President Trump, go to the Ford factory, practice social distancing, do not put the mask on. Do not let them take your picture, your photograph with the mask. I know why they want to do it. It's for no good reason. That's why they keep bugging him. Why won't you why aren't you wearing a mask? Oh, when you go to the Ford factory, will you be wearing a mask? Hey, why do you get tested? Hey, how come you won't get tested? Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Yes, that answers my question about hydroxychloroquine too, that uh, if you have a healthy heart, it's not unhealthy to take. It, it, look, it has, it, I'm sure that in certain people, like anything, any drug, you, you, you see with the requirement to do the disclaimer uh, in clinical trials, this is uh, exploded heads. It's, uh, you know, I mean, they have a million different things that, that can happen because in a, in clinical trials, they have to release everything that's happened to different people. But it's been considered uh, very safe, particularly when taken with zinc. And the president is taking one per day. He's been doing it now for getting close to two weeks now. And, of course, the media is going nuts. Joe Biden yesterday said, come on, man, what are you doing? What are you taking? This incoherent man. Who knows what he's taking, by the way? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to say this about the Logan Act. Passing a law by U.S. Congress January 30, 1799, that calls for the fine or imprisonment of private citizens who attempt to intervene in disputes between the United States and other countries. But here's the thing, though. He had capacity as security advisor, so he wasn't violating the Logan Act. Is that correct? Yeah, that correct, right? that you are correct, Flash. You are not wearing your uh, tinfoil hat for that statement. And Alan Dershowitz and many others have said the same thing. And he didn't even have to tell them uh, what he was doing. And so he couldn't have committed any type of crime. But, of course, that hasn't gotten in the way of their agenda because they knew he didn't commit any crime, but they charged him anyhow. Well, I just want to say about wearing a tinfoil hat, I learned about the Federal Reserve, Albert Pike, et cetera, and the, the Illuminati, and John Robeson's book, Proofs of a Conspiracy Against All the Religions and Governments of Europe, carried on the secret meetings of the Freemasons, Illuminati, and Reading Society, circa 1798, because I am a tinfoil hat wearer, so I'm not taking it off. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I am well, thank you. Thanks for asking. All right, question, question. Did I hear you say you were going to be interviewing uh, Murphy? Uh, Governor Murphy, because I don't want to be like these people to say Trump. I will be interviewing Governor Murphy tomorrow at 9.15. All right. Um, now, no offense. Now, I, I love listening to you, but uh, please don't give this guy a, a cushy interview, please. Did you listen Ask to the, Did you listen to the last interview that I had with him? Um, I, you know what? I'm in the car. I drive for a okay. living. It's on our website. It's uh, you can listen to it uh, on demand. I always ask the questions, but make it. I want to make it clear. I'm going to treat him with respect. I mean, I see what some people are doing out there with with just filthy comments 
uh, I don't play it that way. I, 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 it's almost insulting uh, to have to answer to you whether I will ask the right questions or not. Uh, so tune into the interview and see. Listen to the last one, and you'll see that I got every question in that I thought was important for people to um, to know. We're we're going to talk about basically what's open, what's not open. Out of what's not open, when do you think it can be open? When can we do this? When can we do that? Because obviously there's a lot of people that are in the process of being destroyed right now. So I, I don't think there's any question that you would ask that I probably won't ask, uh, including nursing homes and everything else. So uh, thanks for the coaching, but I know what I'm doing. That's why I have the job. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Holy mackerel. Yeah, you better ask the right questions, boss. Now, he's a good man. He's been very supportive of me, but I don't like being insulted uh, when when someone tells me what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to do it and, and all of this. And, and at the same time, to get an interview, you also have to develop a rapport with someone. So there has to be a level of professionalism and respect, and that's what it's about. Or you don't get the interview to begin with. So we, we know what we're doing, and, and we'll do it well tomorrow. Um, quite positive of that. But I was thinking about something, Harry, real quick, uh, over the last couple of days especially. Um, what would happen? i got to get your opinion on this. Uh, what would happen? The Carolinas just had a close call with an almost hurricane already, and right. it's not even hurricane season. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Yeah. What would happen, Harry, if a major hurricane was to, you know, put its crosshairs on the east coast of the Gulf during a pandemic like this. You want to talk about social distancing. Let me comment real quick, and then I'll turn it back to you, Matt. Uh, we know we know what would happen because because of the event that you're speaking about. They had to evacuate people. Uh, it's a horror show. You're evacuating people, and, and some of them COVID-19 patients, uh, at the time of a natural disaster, uh, it is um, it, it's it's mind numbing, challenging at a level. It's hard enough when you're evacuating hospitals or or senior living centers and things like that under normal circumstances, but you throw a deadly disease into the uh, into the mixture. It's it's so cruel and unusual, Matt. I don't have an answer for it other than you do the very best that you can. You, you, you think about protocols and keeping people safe, and then where are you going to bring people to, and is that going to be safe? It's, um, it's a nightmare, Matt. Yeah, that, that would be total, total chaos. Yeah. Total chaos. And I'm telling you, they better get something going with the vaccine quick, real quick, as quick as they can, because... I was on the phone with my brother in Palm Beach County, Florida yesterday. He's a, a, a professional inshore fishing guide, and he's telling me that water down there already is running 85 degrees. Wow. So by July, <laughs> it could be in the 90s, okay? And that's what's going to kick them storms all year long. So you better keep your fingers crossed, America. Yeah, we, we need to pray for a very mild hurricane season because with what's going on right now and the number of sick people spread out around the country, having to move sick people, uh, it's one thing moving sick people that, that are dealing with something that presents in them 
and isn't necessarily something that is contagious to many others, but you take a highly contagious disease like this and have to move people to different areas, I don't know where, you, and, and where would you take them to? How far away could you possibly take people away from the area where the bad weather is to begin with? Uh, you would, you'd almost have to know, like Superstorm Sandy, when Governor Christie was telling people five days before, quote unquote, get the hell out, stay the hell off the beach. You, you'd have to be, that, that's one plan. If it, if it was something that was predictable, that it was forming and they had their cone of uncertainty or whatever, and it could strike here, it could strike there, it would involve proactivity and really involved ambulatory plan to move people uh before it would hit that that's that's how you would get it done just just a thought i mean just a thought i wanted to get your opinion on it hey matt i gotta tell you something that's a very very good point that you brought up this morning because the hurricane season is that i forget the name of the one they have if it turns into a hurricane they have one named right now for some reason i think it begins with e ernesto or something But uh, right. it's it's uh, I'm sure it's something that the governors and their emergency management people they're 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 planning for it because there will be people sick most likely hopefully not big numbers we've been very fortunate Matt for the last two days this is the first time since what March ish we have less than a thousand new cases in America for two straight days. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. It is. You know, We're I, talking 327, 328 million people, and we have less than 1,000 cases in a day. That's um, that's good trajectory there. That's good news. Thanks for your opinion, boss. Thank have you, Matt. Have a great day. Yep, yep. Very, very high-quality participation, Matt. I appreciate that a lot. I had heard the news of that potential hurricane forming and uh, I'm glad we had the chance to have that conversation. 609-407-1450. More of your phone calls after this. The truth and nothing but. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Lindsey Graham is preparing subpoenas for Comey, for Clapper, for Brennan, and for others. And other people within the Obama-Biden administration. Uh, Politico is uh, point at, pointed out today he's preparing to ask his colleagues for blanket permission to subpoena dozens of Obama officials connected to the investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election. Graham is seeking the authority to demand testimony documents uh, from figures involved in the launching of the Russian investigation. In other words, Operation Crossfire Hurricane, including Attorney General Lynch. Uh, former National Intelligence Director Clapper, former CIA Director Brennan, former FBI Director Comey, and I'm sure there will be others. Keeping you on the straight path. Later today, it's the Sean Hannity Show. So home, where the heart is, that's something we all understand, and we're now home more than ever. Well, our friends at Blinds.com, they make it simple and affordable to shop for the top quality blind shades, interior shutters for your home. They have easy online ordering, free shipping, free design consultation. They'll be with you every step of the way, just like they have helped millions and millions of homeowners with free design help. And, of course, they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows. Go to Blinds.com today. Rules, restrictions apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? 
Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. It's 21 minutes past the hour. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. A couple of programming notes. Coming up at 8.04, the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township, Pastor Tim Chambers, will be our guest. They want to reopen. Uh, He very thoughtfully uh, and his parishioners, they have put together a safe plan to reopen, I can't wait to hear it, and we'll hear it together for the first time. That's coming up at 8.04. At 8.30, Martin Klein, the president and the CEO of Seashore Gardens Living Center, and what we're going to be talking about with the president there is what makes them different than other long-term care and assisted living facilities in America. It's my understanding they have no COVID-19 cases whatsoever. They've been in business for 102 years. We're going to talk about how has that prepared them for this pandemic. Because I, I, you know me, I, I believe in the principle of inherent fairness. And, ex- and it's extremely unfair when what's happening somewhere else gets just broad brush, universally just put on everyone. And that's not fair. If if you're doing things differently, if you don't have any cases, uh, and and you 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 shouldn't be lumped in to what's happening elsewhere. And I think it's fair to say, and I've said it a few times on the air, that it's really a shame that assisted living facilities have universally gotten a bad rap when that's not the right thing to do at all. One other item that I'd like to share. A listener friend of mine wrote that the mayor of Etner is upset with the heat that she's taking over the decisions that they've made. I don't even know what that means, because if you close the boardwalk, which remember now is a street in Atlantic City, it's in their their whole emergency management plan. It's an actual street. It's an emergency road. I don't even understand. I never understood the closing of the boardwalk, and I've been consistent on this. But then it got really psychotic when the boardwalk was closed, the beach was open, and the ocean was closed. I mean, what is what does that even mean? And then, don't forget, the beach was only open if you kept moving. <laughs> so you couldn't even practice social distancing and lay down on the beach. I used to love to run on the beach. I'm not a big beachgoer. I love the beach. I love the ocean. I used to love going to the beach because I would run down by the water's edge. I used to love to run on the beach during low tide. Uh, And then I would train in the soft sand because it was part of our cross-country course. And I enjoyed doing that as well. That was tough. But I, I ran well on the beach, and I loved it. So since I haven't been running, I haven't been on the beach uh, very often, but I love the beach. But what's the whole thing of, like, this is closed, but this is open, and then that's closed? I mean, if you if you treat it like three layers, 
it's it's like an Oreo cookie. The outside edge is is um, illegal. The, the the cream in the middle you you can eat, but you got to keep moving while you eat it. And then the bottom uh, cookie part is also closed. It's just it just doesn't it didn't make sense. It 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 filed under I'm psychotic and so am I. It made no sense. So of course, it opened them up to tremendous ridicule because it was to me it was indefensible. It was stupid. Then you have right next door Atlantic City, and they never closed. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard any complaints about the boardwalk and the beach being open anywhere that it's open. So fortunately, uh, that that nonsense is taken out of their hands now. What what I hope we learn from this is that some people rose to the occasion and did very very well. Some people shrunk and disappeared, and still others got intoxicated with power. I mean, I forget this one commissioner. I don't know him by name. He's a snarky know-it-all uh, in Ventnor. Wrote some fantastical uh, manifesto that was sent to me. And I, 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 I'm reading these words. And I'm thinking, could you check yourself before you wreck yourself? You're just a city commissioner in a beautiful town that I love. But you're just a city commissioner that like a thousand people put you in office and in fact in his case it was less than a thousand people beth got over a thousand votes this guy didn't even get a thousand votes and he's writing manifestos like it's winston churchill fdr fireside chat the only thing we have to fear is fear itself i mean doctrines of of crazy Come on. Don't be don't be upset you're getting heat. Just don't do stupid things. That's all. It's easy. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. How you doing, Harry? This is Fred. Hi, Fred. Harry Harry, and about, I, we were talking about hydroxychloroquine and the president. Well, the coronavirus made it to the uh, the White House. And I think it was purposely someone went in there with it, uh, and it wasn't detected. And 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 that's my tinfoil hats tell me that you know something. I'm, I'm not so crazy because with hydroxychloroquine, it prevents you from getting getting the illness. And that that drug has been vilified by the left over and over again. And uh, I but but Fred, do you agree with me? And for those who don't know, Fred, great experience. Uh, nursing great great um medical mind great mind in general do you agree with me though if obama was taking hydroxychloroquine the democrats would be they'd be chiseling mount rushmore uh they would be i mean this proves what i've been saying for 28 years fred everything is political hydroxychloroquine is is red and blue states it's it's isn't this crazy it is crazy. Well, you know, something, Harry, I believe since the, uh, an antidote or a vaccine is not going to be made for a year, and in the fall, if we do have a resurgence of this, this virus, uh, it's as virulent as it is now, which I think it will be. But- yeah, Fred, I mean, you, you know this. You're, you're a, a smart guy. You're not hysterical. You're very grounded. It would, it, and I've been saying it from the beginning, too. It would be unheard of for a coronavirus and anyone we've ever known before it, to, it 
and sometimes the second wave is worse than the first wave, but I don't want to go there. I haven't really considered a scenario where there's not a second wave. Have you? Uh, no, I have not yet. I, I haven't. I'm praying that there's not. I mean, if we can get a vaccine, uh, and if for some reason this is different than other coronaviruses, uh, my feeling about this has always been that it would be first pandemic and then would become endemic. That's the way I see it, like a flu that we can treat, we'll have therapies, hopefully we'll have a vaccine. I have to say I am concerned, though, because it did take, but it was a bad president at the time, but it did take four and a half years to get an H1N1 vaccine. Uh, So I've always felt this is very ambitious to think that we could have uh, a, um, a vaccine that would go through, what did they do, Fred? Three rounds of clinical trials, one, two, and three, then FDA approval. I mean, that would be that would be as fast as anything in American history. Yes, Harry, you're, you're correct. Uh, and again, if there's no vaccine and it hits again, I tell you what, the the, the antidotes that we have uh, on hand, like hydroxychloroquine and erythromycin and zinc. These things are pretty benign things to take if you don't have any underlying uh, diseases. That are, that but are- notice how they made it look like, oh, my God, and now the next thing that's already started, you, these are predictable events. The Democrats are now predicting how many people President Trump is going to kill because since he is taking hydroxychloroquine, that other people are now going to take it. I don't have the letter. It's in my briefcase, Fred, but the very measured letter from the doctor who prescribed it, who talked about speaking with the president, and they reviewed him and felt that in his circumstances with no underlying heart condition or anything like that, that the risks outweigh or the the, the benefit outweigh the risks. This is the typical thing that would happen to any patient in America before they would take something. But the Democrats, because everything is is hate orange man, and they've got to take full advantage of anything that goes on. Remember when the president talked about how he was intellectually curious about disinfectants, and he wasn't talking about drinking Windex or drinking Clorox bleach, but that's what they turned it into. He's going to kill people. They're going to start drinking, eating Tide Pods and drinking bleach. They're crazy, Fred. Oh, most definitely. You know, Harry, I, I've, in my lifetime, I've seen uh, so many things happen, uh, and not by chance. And this is one of those things, like if, if, if a, a person who doesn't have uh, the intestinal fortitude to do the right thing, uh, and all of a sudden they're under pressure and they get sick, they'll be running over there to get that hydroxychloroquine. Uh, you know, they don't want to say the right thing, but they'll do, they'll do the right thing to save their lives in a minute, in a New York second. Right. That, yeah, that that's the hysteria of it all or the, or the hilarity of it all. You're right about that. If if one of those fools, it's just like, look, look what they do. They tell the truth under oath and they've been lying for four years and they've been caught now because their under oath documents have now been released where they all say, do you have any evidence that anyone, President Trump or anyone in the Trump campaign colluded with Russia? No. Every one of them, no. But publicly they say, I've seen the evidence. The president is a Russian asset. He colluded with Russia, General Flynn. Uh, And yet when they're under oath, 
they say no to all of that. Fred, I've got to go in the next few seconds. Anything you want to share in closing? Yeah, uh, real, real quick question yeah. for uh, the uh, governor. Yeah. Uh, ask him, uh, does the, 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 the blind lead the blind when, it, when, it, when there's a, a crisis, or do you have your own mind? Because that's what they did. The blind led the blind and put these sick people in with these old folks. So that's, all, that's my question, okay? All right. Well, I have that on my list because we can't we, – I mean, half the deaths in our state – are in the senior facilities so we have to address that and i i agree with you and i'm consistent from second one on that uh taking a sick person with covid19 and putting them in an assisted living facility or a senior living facility of any kind how anybody thought that that was the right thing to do i can't i can't wrap my head around it yes i mean especially when we have uh cuomo who started it all or i don't think it would have happened anywhere had Javits Center, he had the U- U.S. Uh, Navy Comfort uh, Hospital ship. Why would you take people when you have all those assets? And the Army Corps of Engineer, Engineers did all the triple filtration and everything that you need to separate and to have distancing. It's To me, it's unforgivable what Cuomo did because what he did then spread to others that copied what he did. Oh, that's the copycat. <laughs> and Washington did it, f- even if you didn't, even if you weren't smart enough to know, even though I think a 10-year-old would know, hey, that's not a good idea. You don't put sick people with people that don't have that, That, especially if they're in the top category of who will get this. Washington State did it. So we knew what it would do, and they did it anyhow. All right, Fred, let's wow. keep in touch. For sure. Yep, Thanks. see ya. Bye-bye. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, my longtime friend, John Devlin, joins us next. Last night, and I will say this, and he'll back me up on this, John Devlin was not my source. I was breaking in basically real time that Barry Caldwell, the superintendent of public schools, and when it's all said and done by July 1 of 2021, more than, what, 14 months from now, when... He retires, and that was the breaking story yesterday. You can see it at WPGTalkRadio.com. Also on my Facebook page, you have a link to the WPGTalkRadio.com article that I wrote. Uh, That was happening last night. That's why I tell people all the time, don't wait until 6 o'clock when we sign on. We're we're posting all throughout the day. We, We put an item up on Sunday that as of 12 noon yesterday had 105,000 page views. Now, I'm not bragging, but that's a career for most people. If you wrote something in 105,000 people, and I guarantee you it's got to be 20,000 or more beyond that now, because it was at 84,000 after one day, 105,000 after two days. So check out what we're doing at WPGTalkRadio.com. John Devlin is standing by next. We'll be back in two minutes. The WPG Talk Radio app is everything South Jersey. Local news and information updated around the clock from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Breaking news push notifications just for South Jersey. Easily call and listen to all your favorite WPG talk shows and more. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your phone, tablet, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto today at WPGTalkRadio.com. 
com. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. 39 minutes past the hour. So we broke the news last night that Barry Caldwell will be leaving, and I think it's terrific uh, the way that he did it. He gave well more than 14 months' notice which gives the Board of Education the opportunity to do whatever they do, a national search or however they're going to decide to do it. So there's no um, emergency. That that always um, lends for the potential for a smooth transition. Joining us, and also we have um, a budget issue that I finally just had to get some sleep last night. I didn't break the story about the budget. We're going to talk about that now with the board president as well because I've learned and confirmed from impeccable sources that there was a uh, board vote against the budget and that the oversight, the government oversight aspect, uh, put the budget back in that they had rejected. So we have a lot to unpack. The board president, John Devlin, joins us now. Mr. President, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Oh, hang in there. You know, I had a late night myself, so just uh, recovering a little bit. Right. I can imagine, and I appreciate the Hurley uh, opportunity to interview you this morning because it's the last shot that we have all morning. And so thanks for the time, John. So Barry Caldwell, your superintendent, will be leaving not after this school year. July 1 starts the next school year. He'll be leaving after the next school year, effective July 1 of 2021. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I was a little surprised by it. I, I wasn't expecting that. I know we were going to discuss um, the, the following year. and um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think anything's set in stone. I, I, you know, looking back on uh, Fred Nichols, I think he retired like three different times, and we did superintendent searches uh, numerous times, and he ended up coming back. So, you know, I, I wouldn't count Mr. Caldwell out. He's been around a long time. He knows the district. Um, he's done a good job here. So at the end of the day, he, he says he's retiring, but, um, you know, you never know. It's a millennium. Uh, July 1st, 2021 is, is a millennium from now. So I'm not going to look too far into that. Right That's now. an interesting point. I mean, cause that letter could always be rescinded. I guess the board would have to, because the board can accept it. They can also rescind it. He can ask, hey, I've changed my mind. There's a lot going on. I don't want to leave now. And maybe the board looks at it differently and says, hey, Barry, uh, if you want to stay, we want you to stay. So you're, you're treating this as fluid in that you'll, you'll see what happens. That's the way I think everybody's treating it. <clears throat> but what do you, what do, you do if, if he means it, though, and you, you go the whole year? At some point, though, you'd have to begin the process of a search, though. We're doing our due diligence. We actually made that decision last night um, that we were going to start the search process in the committee. We already started that last night. We're going to do our due diligence. I just had that comment because I've done about six or seven superintendent searches over the years, uh, one being Fred Nichols, two being Donna Hay and others, where, you know, we'll go do a nationwide search and it comes down to, you know, keeping Fred or keeping Donna or keeping Barry. At the end of the day, we're going to do our due diligence. We already did, uh, did voted on that last night to do a search and start a committee. So we're doing what we have to do. I just put that comment in because, 
you just never know and and a year from now is a millennium in, in the world we live in I think it's smart. I, I like the way you're proceeding with that. You, you'll plan for all the, um, the the possibilities. John, if you would, President John Devlin, Atlantic City Board of Education, tell our listeners about the board voting against the budget, but the county reinstating it. What all happened here? Well, as you know, Harry, we have a newer board, and um, I don't want to call them green, but there, there are some board members that um, are – are intelligent enough to understand it, but it, the process is, is, is lengthy. Um, they had a lot of questions. There was a lot of things on the budget. It was a lot given to them at once, and they had questions, and they disagreed with certain things that were on the budget. As you know, um, you know, population of Atlantic City School District's gone down. Um, uh, our teachers don't have, we're in the middle of contract negotiations. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we're not sure if we're getting the money from the state. We have promises. So there's a lot going on. I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of hesitance uh, on the board side, including myself. And we decided to, um, you know, vote the budget down, which, by the way, Harry, we've done in in the past. This is nothing new. This isn't a, a slight at anybody at our administration, our superintendent or anything. This has done been done in my tenure as a board uh, as a board member numerous times. So it happens at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think there's some biblical things that were involved this year that affected the vote. And um, there was a lot of new board members and a lot of questions and a lot of doubts from the state. So, and, and by the way, John, as you well know, um, Commissioner Repolette is leaving. Uh, I've never said this on air before, but one of the um, the people that is in consideration for the position is Carrie Booker, uh, Cory Booker's brother. Have you heard that, John? I have not heard it. Well, you heard it now. I'm not saying he's got it, but I'm saying uh, if you hear that later, you'll know where you heard it from. I, I won't say learn and confirm because I can't. But um, And there's two Carrie Bookers. There's Carrie Booker, Corey's dad, who's a great guy. And then there's Carrie Booker, Corey's brother, which I don't know very much about other than his existence and the fact that he is in the mix here and possibly could be the next commissioner of education in New Jersey. We will see. That's not, from my understanding, though, that is not confirmed, but a possibility. But I only bring that up because that's obviously a very important role uh, as it relates to Atlantic City because Atlantic City uh, has required transitional aid. Do you feel Do you feel confident that that's going to continue? Um, confident? I don't. I'm not, I can't use that word. Uh, we have receive reassurances from our state monitor that that money is in place that will be in place but you know in, in the life and times living until we have that money in hand you know i have there's doubt there and um and on my end uh you know it, it's unforeseen so yeah I, I i i'm not i'm not real confident until you know the check's cashed so john let's take our last break and i want to give you an opportunity to finish about anything if there's anything public that's not obviously confidential or if there's anything that happened yesterday that you think would be good to update your listeners about i'd appreciate that next and i then i want to talk about the remote learning that has gone on and if anybody out there has forgotten in a story that we broke uh, oh my gosh did it um did it get such an incredible number of uh, page views at wpgtalkradio.com and that was the story when Atlantic City made the decision, superintendent 
ex officio member of the board, the Board of Education, made the decision before any school district in the state, one of the first in the country, actually, to make the decision to go remote learning. They had 7,000 Chromebooks loaded with six weeks of curriculum. It, I have to say, and I said it then and I say it now, and Atlantic City gets a bad rap uh, unfairly many, many times. It was one of the smoothest types of implementation of something that's almost impossible to do and impossible to look good because nobody saw it coming and yet you got so much done in such a short period of time so i want to talk i want to regale a little bit about that but also talk about now that it's about seven or more weeks into it nearly eight weeks into it how has the remote learning gone uh i'm obviously very very sad that things like graduation and people's last year of eligibility for spring extra co-curricular activities and sports and so on uh taken because of the um the virus and john what are your thoughts do you see students going back to school in september or do you think this is going to be more remote learning for the start of the next school year a lot to unpack with John Devlin, the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, as Hurley in the Morning, the Truth in Broadcasting continues. With John, I am. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. At uh, 10 minutes before, actually nine minutes before the top of the hour, and we need every bit of it with the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, John Devlin. John, I want to go back to the, and we have a few other things we want to talk about that, that I sort of teed up right before the break, but I want to go back to the budget because the board, you did your due diligence, you voted it down, but then it gets overturned. Was there Was there communication? Was there collegiality did you did i mean was there any communication from the county or did they just overturn your action absolutely just overturn the action i got the letter on the 14th i think it was dated the 11th may 11th um and the letter i mean you read it it basically said that we should have had another meeting um prior to the 14th but i mean that was you know. So wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is me asking, since nobody says that John's being a wise guy or anything. And I do have the letter uh, right here on my desk. The letter is dated the 11th. You're told that you should have a meeting before the 14th. When did you get the letter dated the 11th? I was from our solicitor on the 14th. Well, that's ridiculous. You got a letter with no time... I'm telling you, when this kind of stuff happens, it's really creepy, and I don't want to come down on anybody too heavy, but when people send out, it's like the, it was like the, the absentee ballots. Uh, because of COVID-19, the governor said it's not going to be 45 days, it's going to be 25 days, then Judge Mendez said all, all ballots have to be out by this date, uh, I think it was the 24th of April, and they didn't, even, they didn't even start going out until the 28th or the 29th of April. And the darn elections on May 12th, and of course they sent them to uh, Camden County without enough postage, so then people didn't get them till Thursday or Friday, and some people never got their ballot at all. 
in time for the election. And then it was too late to get the county to get you another one. They said, oh, no, we can't get you one now. It's too late. So they, they held on every deadline uh, that disadvantaged the voter. They didn't meet any de- deadlines or state statutes that are for the voters' protections. And now you get a letter on the 14th that says you need to have a meeting before the 14th. Ha, ha, ha. But I won't even get you my letter uh, until after the deadline I set. That shouldn't sit very well with you, John. I don't think it sets well with me, anybody on the board, or, you know, quite frankly, any of the residents and parents in the Atlantic City Board of Education and in the city of Atlantic City. Um, sadly, I, I never received a phone call from the county superintendent, um, no kind of direction, zero communication, zero transparency. And, you know, with that, there's a problem with that. You know, uh, at the end of the day, we're all trying to work together. We should be working together on the same page to produce a good product. And uh, Hey, listen, I, you know this. I've been following uh, county superintendents for my entire broadcasting career. And, and as you also know, uh, I was a board member. I knew Dr. Nay. I knew the other county superintendents. They were never like this. You always, even if you didn't like what was going to happen, there was always dialogue. No, there's no dialogue whatsoever. I didn't. Even, you know, Harry, I keep my phone on twenty four seven. I, I'm, I answer my phone in the middle of the night sometimes. I, listen, I knew you had a late night, and I texted you at like seven twenty five. So I can attest to that. You're 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 accessible. And and at the end of the day, uh, I didn't receive uh, that, and I wasn't, you know, basically was handed the letter, and and the actions were taken, which is honestly it disenfranchises not only the board members, it disenfranchises the, the residents of Atlantic City, because you know, first and foremost, we're there for the children, but we're also there for the taxpayers, and we're also, you know. We're trying to do our due diligence, and to simply just overturn the budget without any kind of explanation other than a letter is, is to me, is is terrible. Here's what I think, uh, and I want to go in the five minutes that we have to what I think was really an example of excellent preparation and practices and, and really leadership, because Atlantic City gets a rap sometimes that, oh, you don't plan enough and, and criticized for execution or this and that and the other. But Atlantic City, and we broke it, as you know, was the first to announce that you would close. You got 7,000 Chrome books loaded with six weeks, and that's six school weeks. That's not just six calendar weeks. So that's phenomenal of uh, curriculum. And now you know that remote learning is going to be at least for the remainder of this school year. It really was, I thought, a shining moment for Atlantic City uh, to be such a, a leader, uh, and then and remember, uh, John, everybody started following right after you all made your decision. That's correct. Yeah, we were the first one out of the gate here. So you did the right thing. So congratulations for that. Uh, as board president, John, uh, what can you say relative to how has remote learning gone? Because I think in some districts around the country, we hear terrible things like children getting lost not getting really their homework done and because of not the structure of the classroom having a lot of problems. How has it gone for Atlantic City? You know, uh, I just want to say this. Barry, uh, our superintendent, and his administration have gotten a lot of scrutiny for spending over the years. But I'll tell you, 
um, when when they bought these Chromebooks, I think it's the best thing that ever happened because we were not only prepared, um, we were able to initiate this whole process of giving putting these Chromebooks in the hands of seven thousand kids, and it's a testament to uh, our administration, our teachers, and, and our superintendent. I have to give credit where credits due. Um, it, it was done in a military manner, Harry. Uh, I think we were in the 98 percentile of the Chromebooks getting out in the first couple days. Um, and not only that, we added hotspots for, you know, those families that don't have Wi-Fi. We've added hotspots to their equipment where they can operate remotely now. So, um, <clears throat> and not only that, but those Chromebooks, instead of going home with packets and packets of work like my son does, um, we were able to implement where the the Chromebooks are automatically updated with curriculum, which is, you know, thank God for technology. It was amazing. And I, again, I got to give credit where credit's due. Hats off to our technology department, our administrators, and our superintendent. And, you know, um, it, it was a big testament and showed what kind of stability we really do have in Atlantic City. John, two minutes row. Most of the third quarter was already done. So most of the districts are giving grades uh, A through F out for the third marking period. And then districts are doing different things. Egg Harbor Township is going to give out grades for the fourth quarter and for the whole year. Has Atlantic City made a decision on what you're doing with the fourth quarter, whether it's grades or whether it will be pass-fail, or how are you doing that? We haven't made that decision. There's a couple decisions, obviously, graduation, prom, grades. There's some things we're still looking at doing and and trying to... um, (laughs) Uh, change some things and motivate certain issues going on throughout the district. But right now, we're uh, we haven't made those decisions yet. John, we're down to thirty seconds. Does it look like September is students in the classroom or students remote learning from home? If you had to say, man, you put me on the spot, Harry. Um, it, it, it's 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 the unknown right now. I, I want to say uh, it's a fifty-fifty shot if the kids are back in the in the classroom in September. John, let's let's stay close. Great to talk to you. Uh, thanks for your leadership and your partnership. Okay. Uh, have a great day. Have a great one. Thanks. Thanks, Harry. Come on, John Devlin, President of the Atlantic City Board of Education. When we come back, this is a really important topic. Churches all over the country want to reopen. They see marijuana shops are open they see liquor stores are open all kinds of things but churches remain closed lead pastor tim chambers from the fresh start church in egg harbor township is our honorable guest next on the hurley in the morning program 95.5 fm and 1450 am wpgg atlantic city wenj 97.3 hd3 millville Connecticut joins the rest of the country. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, the last state to lift coronavirus restrictions today. We've hit those metrics. We're exceeding those metrics. I think we can proceed on a very thoughtful basis. Democratic Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, some stores and offices can open. Restaurants can have outdoor dining, all with limited capacity and social distancing. A nightmare in central Michigan. Two dams failed, leading to flooding that could be nine feet deep in Midland. To go through this in the midst of a global pandemic is almost unthinkable. Governor Gretchen Whitmer urging the 10,000 people who evacuated to wear masks and shelters or if they are staying with friends and family. Also, 
President Trump just tweeted about Michigan that the Secretary of State has gone rogue in that state, calling a mail-in voting plan illegal, threatening to withhold federal funding. The plan is to mail absentee ballots to all Michigan registered voters. There is a new development in the Michael Flynn case, the lawyer going after the judge who's not letting the Justice Department drop the case. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave Flynn's attorney, Cindy Powell, is asking the appeals court to remove Judge Emmett Sullivan from the case after he appointed a retired judge to argue against tossing charges of lying to investigators in the Russia probe. Powell told Fox's handy, Judge Sullivan is biased against President Trump's former national security advisor. The law is clear. He doesn't have authority to grant it. He can't appoint a prosecutor himself. The case is over. Judge Sullivan wants to explore the possibility Flynn perjured himself when he withdrew his guilty plea of lying to the FBI. Dave. Rachel, Joe Biden has won another primary, adding delegates from Oregon on his march toward the Democratic nomination. He also took shots at President Trump in a Yahoo town hall for failures in his corona response, asking what in God's name is he doing taking hydroxychloroquine? President Trump says he and his doctor thought it was a good idea as a line of defense from the coronavirus. America's listening to Fox News. Dell Technologies has special business savings right now to help you office everywhere and stay productive. Save up to 45% on desktops, laptops, and do-it-all servers with Intel Core processors. Upgrade to new modern devices with Windows 10 and save on essential electronics. All with free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. We had some wicked wind across South Jersey yesterday, several gusts over 40 miles an hour. Today will be just breezy, quite a bit calmer, but still mostly cloudy and cool too. High temperature of only 59 degrees, a slight chance of a shower creeping in from the southwest. Some clearing tonight and cool again, low of 45. Tomorrow, sunny clouds and probably dry, high of 61. Then we'll warm up to near 70 degrees on Friday, but it'll come with increasing clouds and some scattered rain arriving late day Friday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is four minutes past the hour, and it is my pleasure for the first time to welcome to our program the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township. Pastor Tim Chambers is here. Quick little preamble. Uh, I've been mentioning this throughout the morning. Churches all over the country, so clearly right here in our beloved Garden State, want to open. Uh, I, I believe they're, they're constitutionally being denied the right uh, to, to assemble. Uh, I, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. And when you see things like 
weed marijuana shops open and liquor stores are open but and and all kinds of other things but churches are kept shuttered uh what is it about a church that can they can they do social distancing i'm sure they can uh can they be safe i'm sure that they can be as safe as a uh, big box store you see what goes on in there uh, so what's the reason behind this? I, I think at this point it, it, it becomes indefensible. I, I also know from my great friend Alexa D'Amato Barrera that lead pastor Tim, they have a plan. They have a plan to respect the different guidelines that are in effect. And we're going to hear about it right now. Pastor Tim, welcome to Hurley in the Morning, sir. Hey, Harry. It's good to be on with you today. Good to be on with you. Thank you for your leadership, and uh, let me turn it over to you, because I know that um, a lot of times in life people just talk, and they don't offer substance. So I'm a big believer if you bring up something that you want to be resolved, you have to offer solutions. So you not only want your church to be back open, you and your parishioners and anybody that you've put together to work on this, you've come up with a plan, I understand, to be able to do that, please share your plan. Yeah, so we've been in this 10 weeks now. I mean, we were probably one of the first churches in the area to just honor what the state was asking and, and you know, go digital. And, you know, honestly, we've learned a lot of things. There have been a lot of beneficial things that we've gotten from it. But, you know, 10 weeks into it, you begin to realize that there, there are needs that your, your people in your church have and people in your community, and they, they desperately need the church. And, um, you know, and I want to make this clear. I mean, the only thing that's closed is the building. Our church is alive and well, and many churches are alive and well. Um, but we are being limited the opportunity to meet together and limited the opportunity to uh, show that we can be responsible. I, you know, almost every week I go into a place like Lowe's, and, and you know, the place is jam-packed. And even though they have some guidelines in place, I mean, it's still... Uh, no safer than what I believe we could provide in our place, in our location, on a regular basis. And so, uh, along with just watching many other churches and many great friends around the country, we've, we've put together some plans and some ideas that I believe that, that could make our place a very safe uh, place. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be ideal for what you'd want week to week, but it would be an opportunity for, for people to gather together, people who need the church, and I guess I, I I would want our governor to realize the people that are speaking into him that 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 church is not just essential. Church is quintessential. It is it's above and beyond that. Um, it, it's there to help meet the needs of people on a relational level, on a spiritual level. We deal with people with addictions and and uh, marriage issues. And those things are being highlighted and compounded during this time. And people need people need their church. They they need more than just a digital presence presence where they can talk to people online. And so, um, you know, we've developed logistics for opening up our church and making sure our church is sanitized in different phases. And and um, as I hear our governor talk, it it just appears to me that um, I don't I don't know who's speaking into him in regards to church, but churches aren't like schools. It's a very different uh, bird to deal with when. You know, if we were reopening, we obviously would not uh, have established children's ministry at the beginning. Um, it'd be a, pretty impossible to do that under some of the guidelines that are there. Uh, but we would allow uh, parents to bring their children into the service. 
we would have guidelines where, you know, people would be coming in and out and you know, pretty much in a straight line. There wouldn't be a, you know, a lobby presence where people are hugging and high-fiving and, and things like that. We wouldn't do our normal hospitality. Uh, that wouldn't be part of phase one. We would make the parking lot the new lobby. We would ask people to, you know, stay in their car until somebody could come and, and bring them into the auditorium. And so we, we would practice in many ways guidelines that I'm not seeing out in the public today to, to basically have the opportunity to begin to meet back in God's house, which I think is incredibly important for people. And so, you know, we, we just have a, a lot of things the way, you know, um, the way our parking lot will be, the way our greeters will be, and the way we would interact with people, and um, depending on the, the, the face covering rules and as they're established from week to week, we would follow those. And so, um, you know, we've been working on this. We, have, we already know some churches uh, around the country, great churches, large churches, that have already started back up and have had great success from week to week. And we would just love the opportunity to, to, to show the world around us and show the community that the church can be responsible. The church is essential and it's much needed and people need to get back into church. And, you know, I'm just hoping there's someone out there that can speak into our, our leaders and help them to realize that, that this is something important, not something that needs to happen down the road, something that needs to happen several weeks from now, but something that needs to happen soon. And I think it's, it's, like I said, it's quintessential to people being able to get their lives back to where they need to be. We, as time goes on, we seem to be dealing more and more with, with just uh, family issues and domestic issues, and those things are rising up. It's because people um, have had some of their liberties taken away. And, and as I read the, you know, not just the Constitution, but the state Constitution, we have every right to meet. And so we, we simply honored uh, what our government has asked, and we want to continue to do that. But at some point, um, you, you got to rise up and you got to begin speaking out and you got to begin, um, not allowing the church to be taken advantage of. And, you know, I would, I would certainly hope that's not what's happening. Um, let me, let me comment for just a quick second and then turn it right back to you, Pastor Tim. And if you're just joining the interview, Pastor Tim Chambers, lead pastor, Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township. Here's been my feeling about this as time has gone on, especially. I, I do agree with you. In the beginning, everyone was compliant. There really wasn't much complaint. Nobody wants anyone to get sick. No one wants anyone to die. I'm sure there's somebody thinking right now, uh, Harry, say it, say it. Some of the churches that have opened wound up people getting COVID-19, some even dying. I think even some pastors have died. But the whole thought here is this. If liquor stores and all these other things can be open, because you know great thought went into, and maybe not perfect thought, but great thought went into, well, we'll keep liquor stores open because people are going to be locked up. They're going to be, can I say it in front of Pastor Tim, pissed off as hell at, at being out of their job, no money's coming in, waiting for government checks that they hope will arrive. Some people don't even get the checks, and, and some people are still waiting for the checks if they even do qualify. And this goes on and on and on. And so I think the decision was made that people need to be able to get liquor. Uh, in addition, there are people that would be sick if they, because they could be addicted and could actually get very sick or even die if, if they went cold turkey and did not have the, the ability to imbibe. So the great thought was given there. 
that we better have the, the liquor. Great thought was given in the states with the legal marijuana. We have medical marijuana. Some, as you know, have recreational marijuana, which I'm opposed to. Uh, so we have that component that's open for business. And then you have what were winners and losers. You're essential, but Pastor Tim, you're evidently not essential. So I'm with you on this. Um, a church to me is you have a right to assemble and you should be given that opportunity to be able to do it. And of course, you've mentioned all the right things. You wouldn't be reckless about it. And because I, I think I can say this to you, uh, very comfortably you don't want anybody to get sick your your point of opening your church isn't that somebody is going to contract coronavirus or the disease covid19 uh you want to be able to have people congregate again to be able to go to their house of worship uh and and, and be able to do that and right now that's being taken away yeah and, and we've already, like, our, if you walk into our auditorium, we've already reset up our auditorium to be able to have people separated. Um, we've been thinking about how many services that it would take to make sure that we kept our numbers low enough that none of those issues would arise. I know I heard the governor say yesterday something about ventilation systems, and he mentioned people meeting together for two hours. Well, I promise you we would not have a two-hour church service. We don't anyways, but our services would be limited to, to around 45 minutes. Um, so as to get people in and out and still accomplish what we need to accomplish. And so uh, I believe there's just a lot of things that, that we can do that aren't happening in other places. I mean, people are going to, to, to Lowe's and spending an hour there and touching everything in sight, and no one's coming behind them and disinfecting. We would disinfect in between every service, and, 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 you know, in a very professional way. And so I, I, I just believe that, that the, the church and – and I believe the church should be responsible, and we should raise the bar when it comes to things like that. And it's one of the reasons that we would do all those things is because we, we, we want to have the ability to meet, but at the same time, we want to protect people, and we know that we have liability. Um, but, but, but we know that, that we live in a culture that desperately needs their church, and, and, and maybe some people can't understand that. And I, I get that if they're not church people, but there, there are people out there that desperately need the connection. We're made for connection. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they need more than just seeing somebody online. Pastor, I want, to get a, I want to get a quick break in, and then we can go until about 25 minutes past the hour, if you would, because I do have a follow-up. I've been surprised, unless I'm missing it, that nobody has filed a litigation. I, I think that somebody should file uh, what's called an order to show cause. You get emergent relief. You, you ask the, the Supreme Court, maybe you have to go through an earlier court first, lower court, uh, to overturn it. It's been overturned in a number of states around the country and deemed to be unconstitutional to keep people from being able to go to their house of worship. I, I think this is winnable uh, in the courts, but nobody, nobody has, that I'm aware of has at least effectively sought to do that. We'll be back with the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township, Pastor Tim Chambers. Respectfully yours with. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 